Hello, and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah, and co-piloting with me this week, a returning guest. Haven't heard from him in a little while. Uh, got some trailers to talk about. Uh, three, of, three of the biggest trailer drops of the year. Everybody's already gotten their hot takes in, but the only opinion that really matters is the opinion of Mr. Brendan Riley. Joining us once again. Say hello, Brendan. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me, Noah. Excited about this. this. Excited to check these videos out and kind of give you my hot take. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you've you've never heard Brendan on an episode or reference before, he's the the everyman perspective. So we're going to see what he thinks of the... Three of the I do biggest my best trailers to speak for the uh, gin the pop out here, you know. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to ask which one you want served you first. You said you don't think you've seen any of these. Not you, the new ones. You're definitely aware of, uh, I think, at least all three of them. But I don't remember what we went and saw last, but I know we saw the Oppenheimer um, trailer. I don't know if it's the, the new one or not. Um, well, let's just I, let's just start right there. We have the the second Oppenheimer trailer, the full-length Big Daddy, uh, and again, you're not sure if you've seen it. Uh, three minutes long. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna live watch it with Brendan in the room. He may make remarks, or we may just hold off until afterwards. So we'll see how the audio quality goes for this. But uh, yeah, hold on just a moment, and uh, I will turn over the sticks to you, as it were. You can click play on there. Actually, maybe flip that around, flip the orientation. No, no, no. Yes, so that the speakers are closer to your right hand, closer to the mic. All right, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer.
All right. So <clears throat> thoughts. I mean, right off the bat, I got I got many thoughts. I got many thoughts between the history of things, between where we are in the world now, and between movie aspect <clears throat> all around. You know, I, I think you watch this trailer; it almost looks like some sort of post-apocalyptic type of <clears throat> movie, something that couldn't be real, something that's like, man, they they didn't they didn't do that. That didn't happen. It almost looks fictional in a sense, you know. Um, but it happened. This was real. That actually did go down. Uh, and something that they're building to make it look like it was almost like this miraculous thing that could have never been done is something that we see as like mundane now. You know, it's it happened. You know, nobody thinks about like a bomb blowing up the world. But at that time, that hadn't been done yet. So it's kind of cool to kind of transport yourself back in that aspect. But the one part that like really sticks out to me is where they say that they, you know, this is gonna offer them peace. And what's funny, you know, you look where we're at now in the world, and I can't help but apply that to this and think like, <laughs> it didn't offer peace; it just made things worse. Right? That's been. I was talking a little bit about this with uh, our mutual friend Evan Tuig, who uh, eventually will hopefully be on a podcast here. We've had some failed attempts in the past, but. Uh, we were out to dinner recently, all of us, and <clears throat> he was very excited about it. And I just, I voiced my one concern mainly being um, whether Nolan was the dude to take on this story. Because, yes, on a certain level, I'm like, obviously, the spectacle, the grandeur of it, that's one way to go. Okay. But do I, do I count on him to tell the full three-dimensional breadth and depth of the atomic bomb and what it meant to world history at large and the the maybe complicated uh feelings that i feel like you should come away from this movie with or you know i i don't know that's my main sure i mean because i i I don't i think of him as a very spectacle driven filmmaker and i think at times the uh, the emotional aspects of his movies are pretty cold for the most part. They're not very. Uh, and if that's the case, I think this might be the right. His movie movies don't have a lot of heart, if that makes sense. And that was Evan's point. Is he was like, "Well, I think it should be bleak," and I'm like, "Yes, but I think beyond that, um, like I don't know. I just I'm I have some." In, some concerns. I, in I say all of this with like, obviously, I'm going to see it opening day. I can't wait. Like, I'm I think it's going to be an incredible movie experience. aspect. I'm pumped. Yes. History aspect. I'm excited. The history, I'm sure, will be loose. You know, bleak. I think is a good way to put it. Why do you say you think will be loose? I mean, how many times have you gone to a movie to watch something that was based on a true story, and there has to be some sort of I mean, they can't represent it to a T. Well, you know, at, there's going to be some that Hollywood aspect. Any, that comes with any project, but I think there's uh, there's also you know there's people who would could have taken the same story and done like something very very out there with it. I think this is going to adhere very closely to the the facts and history. Um, so, yeah, as, I think as the major parts in usually in these types of movies are. are and are I think there. he's going to try and keep it very grounded because that's well, another. And then if you say thing. that he's somebody who's cold, then sure, I think that that would be like if this was a Michael Bay movie, I'd be a little more concerned. <laughs> yeah. You know, but obviously that's not going to be the person that's presented to do this movie. Yeah. 
you know, we might blow up half the world if Michael Bay was doing it. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, um, getting back to the topic, I, I'm excited to see it, man. I, I, the trailer's great. It's intriguing. It makes you nervous. You're looking at this almost other world that they're setting up in the middle of, of nowhere to go have scientists around the clock do something that they don't know if it's going to blow up the world or not, which, you know, they say in there, it's probably not, but this actually happened. And I think for me, that's a part where I'm like, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So I, I get intrigued about um, history movies in general. I, I should also note, I mean, this is, there's some big actors. This in is too. one of the most insane cast ever. assembled. yeah, okay, Matt so Damon, Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, obviously as the lead, which is just yeah. what I'm most excited about. But yes, you have Emily Blunt, as Oppenheimer's wife, you have Matt Damon, you have Robert Downey Jr. as you mentioned, Olivia Thirlby, Florence Pugh, Jack Quaid from The Boys, yep. uh, David Desmulchin, who I feel like is in everything these days, Gary Oldman, Josh Hartnett. I didn't. I didn't even see him in the trailer. Kenneth Branagh, Rami Malek, Dane DeHaan, David Krumholtz, Alden Ehrenreich, Tony Goldwyn. Scott Grimes, Alex Wolf, Casey Affleck, James Remar, Matthew Casey Modine, Affleck. Jason Clark, Josh Man. Peck, Benny Safdie. Um, I mean, it just it just keeps keeps going, dude. And I I mean, it's a it's a three hour movie. Obviously, going to be a lot of people, you know, with one scene uh, parts kind of things. But um, I hope it also on top of everything else that it has to be. I hope it is just a great vehicle for. Killian Murphy to finally kind of get recognized on a mass scale because sure. he's always been one of my faves, but he's never really uh, had like a breakout moment as a leading guy in. What well, is gives him that opportunity in, mo- in movies? I should say. I mean, on Peaky Blinders, he's been killing. Because if you days, see but... the cast that he's surrounded by, if he's able to hold his own and or shine, well, I mean, you know, he, yeah, this this I don't will think help. That's in question at all. I think it's just no. I think he's been one of those people who's just because he's not maybe didn't get the key right you know he like he was famously up for batman uh for batman begins and that's why he's the scarecrow even though they went with bale because he really liked killing murphy still like liked his audition so much listen so christian bell is the batman and i know you sit there and argue with me about that all day and that's fine but like try to imagine anybody else playing that version of batman no chance I mean, I can imagine other people playing that version. You crazy, man. He crushed it. <laughs> uh, Josh Hartnett, who is in this, also notably was, I think, in the final three hmm. for that that Batman project. Think about that. Could have been Hartnett, dude. Could have had a whole different career. I mean, I like Josh Hartnett, but still. I mean, so do I. Love him. He's great. Christian Bale, yeah. Anyways, we're off topic. I am. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I, welcome, I am, to, uh, welcome to podcast. That's. Uh, that's what we do so no, no further thoughts on Oppen- where are you at on nolan just uh as a director in general he's got some of my personal favorite movies interstellar just period exception of all time dark knight the whole series dunkirk was awesome the only one on this list that i was not like over heels overhead whatever head uh, over heels yeah that one over the moon There's a lot the tenant i wasn't like that the prestige is awesome. Man, dude, he he did Man of Steel too. No, he produced it. I don't know what you're looking at, but 
Yeah. So that said, and then that's where you say that he's got some like coldness to him. Yeah, I could I could see that. You know, bleak would be another way to put it. Like, like Evan said, uh, I th- I think that that gives me a better view of what I'm about to get into. Um. And like you said, I I think that only plays to probably what the realness is going to be of this movie, which excites me even more. Yeah. Um. I guess my question is obviously, you know, not a cheap movie to make. We're, I, I think they're they're pushing the spectacle of it. The fact that it's an IMAX, you can see it in seventy millimeter in a couple of theaters like around the U.S., which would be awesome. I don't think we're gonna have anything like that near us, but um, they're pushing that aspect of it. I think because it's like it's kind of a tough sell. It's a three, you know, it's a three-hour movie about the atomic bomb, <laughs> um, all leading up to one le- point, <laughs> led by you know centered around the the guy at the center of all of it. And at the center of that cast, again, it's like, yes, you can populate the trailer with all these other people. But for some people, I do think Killian Murphy is like a, oh, I kind of know that guy. But it's it's almost like a, oh, that's who's playing Oppenheimer? I feel like some people are like, yeah, so I, I don't know if a bigger name in that role would have uh, like so cemented it. I'm just, I'm curious to see how Jim it does Pop. as a summer movie. For, for If this is, I mean, obviously you're excited, but yes. For Jim Pop, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I know who Killing Murphy is, right? And but unless you, and there probably is a big portion of the general population out there that likes Peaky Blinders, loves Peaky Blinders, but doesn't know where he would be anywhere else. Wouldn't know him other than that, right? So I know him, I see him, but you know, I would not look at him and be like, man, he's you know a star. I would not look at him and be like, oh, he's he's one of these you know breakout top-notch actors. I, but well, I'm, and I'm not saying he's not. I've seen him around, but I don't know him well enough. And I think maybe, and maybe, and anybody out there that's listening to this, if you're offended, I apologize. But I speak for the general population <laughs> when I say, like, yeah, he. I don't look at him and say that's a big name. But again, that, that's why I'm like, I I don't know that that needs to be the selling point. They're selling it on Christopher Nolan's name, a little bit on Matt Damon, a little bit on just like, hey, it's a big historical thing that's right. never had a proper like big budget movie uh made about it yeah that at least one that comes to mind so uh I'm, yeah i'm just curious how it's going to do uh for the summer and i guess we should go ahead and watch the movie that it is uh pitted against uh okay. on the same same day releasing same it. day uh and you know what after we get done looking at it i'm gonna sit here and tell you which one i'm more excited for I, I can already tell you which one I'm more excited for and which one I think is going to be more fun.
do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor. Somebody get security. Alright, <clears throat> so you want to talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum of... Like, you know, it does not look dour. Serious <laughs> versus not serious. Um, so, <clears throat> off the bat, I'm more excited to see Oppenheimer, um, for sure. Uh, I think that Barbie's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a blast. And I also am prepared to be maybe semi let down. The saving grace in my mind, and coming from the general population here... <laughs> Margot Robbie's obviously fun to look at. She's a great actress. Uh, and Ryan Gosling crushes everything he does. Like, I, I love Ryan Gosling. You want to talk about a man crush? Yeah. Like, so I'm confident that whatever's presented to us is actually probably going to be pretty good. Um, but that movie's just going to be off the wall. Um, I mean, right. I'm incredibly amped for both. Yeah. Is there one though that you would be like, all right, I have to, I have to choose to see. You can only choose one to see in theaters. I would probably go Oppenheimer just for sheer spectacle. Yeah, um, yeah, for like have to see on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Even I mean, even Tenet, for example, which you know dropped right in the middle of a pandemic, and our movie theater kind of stayed open pretty much the whole time, but. That was one of the first big, like, oh, can we release it in the midst of all this with all these restrictions, and can a movie still do well? Can we get people to go back to theaters? And it didn't really work, but I think it was for a good bit of people, it was like, oh, I will venture out for this, maybe for the first time in several months, because it's a Nolan movie. And I think, unfortunately, that being attached to it was a little bit of, like, a letdown, uh when I saw it in the theater where it was sure. just like, dude, I risked my life for this. You know what I'm saying? What uh, time we, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but also when it dropped on HBO max, like a few months later, I rewatched it and I've rewatched it multiple times and I don't, I don't like it any better or think that like the problems that I have with it have not aged any better, but it is a fantastic, like just, uh, background watch just like, some of the sequences in it on a technical level are just like fun to watch over and over again for me personally. Uh, but I think you kind of have to turn your brain off to everything else because I, I, I can't stand how much that movie has to over explain itself the whole time. And you hate like, it. I know you hate it's that. so, well, it's just, it's, it's the equivalent of like somebody trying to use a lot of big words so that they sound smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I feel like there's not a lot there there, but you're convoluting it with a lot of like smoke and mirrors to make this seem like there's a lot very there. cool and very deep and very important. But I'm like, uh, I don't, I, you know, the emperor I, I has never, no clothes, whatever metaphor you want. I never to go got with, I just, tenant. I, and I don't think that I, it was bad. That, that's I just the thing is I don't think there's, I, I don't think there's anything that get. getting it would, would do for you. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a movie that's intentionally obtuse to like, to basically be able to step back and be like, oh, well, if you didn't like it, you didn't get it. It has that attitude to me, which I can't fucking stand, which is also the attitude of a lot of his fan base, which is why I think I actively, like, even though I like his movies, I actively distance myself from being like, oh, my God, he's one of the greatest, because I also genuinely, I also genuinely don't feel that way. I think he is a little overrated a bit because 
he does a lot of things that other directors do extremely well, but he does them in the kind of most like mainstream way, the most accessible way, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, which is not a knock at all. There's people who've made entire careers on that very successfully, but, um, but yeah, I think that's my slight grudge towards him is like when he does weird things and Dunkirk, for instance, like the I'm playing with time and like all of that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. Sometimes, I, I liked, sometimes yeah, I liked Dunkirk. No, no, no. I I like it a lot too. But I'm saying some of the choices that feel kind of arbitrary. Where it's like there was no need to tell that story in three separate temporalities. Like. Okay. There's no, there's no need for it. You know what I will say. But it's almost like he was just like, oh, I'm kind of bored and I've got to make it interesting for myself. But then that's the same sort of thing that like a fan of that movie would be, would use to be like, oh, dude, but like you'll get those three timelines like simultaneously. It was so like, uh, and where I'm just like, yeah, I got it. But I it, question for you, it's like from, showing off or the same <clears throat> showing off. Question I, I don't know what I'm saying. for you from the general population here. What's that? I'm like overusing that term now, but yes, um, you can just speak for yourself. <laughs> speaking for thyself, but I mean, if you wanna, if you well, I just take think, I think the... it's a fair question that I think people don't think about because I'm just putting this together now. But do certain directors usually try to work specifically with actors that they like? Because if you start thinking about Dunkirk and Inception, we've got Tom Hardy across the board here. Obviously, Christian Bale is going to stay throughout all of the. Dark Knight movies, but then he's got Killian in Dark Knight. Now he's got Killian in Oppenheimer. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious. He's and got Matt Damon in, in Interstellar, and now he's got Matt yeah. Damon in this. So do directors like that usually work with the same type of actors? I think you, yeah, I think you would say most quote unquote auteur directors, yeah, they have their, their people. I'm just curious. Like, I never paid attention to it. They're so. repeat guys, yeah. Um, and then they're all great actors. He doesn't have, like, a, I mean, weirdly, yeah, I would say Killian Murphy, Christian Bale, and Tom Hardy are kind of like his three dudes, where it's like, if he's going to be doing a movie, I would assume one of them is involved with it in some okay. capacity, just given the the track record. Uh, somebody I would like to see come back is Guy Pierce, who he worked, you know, Memento, his second movie, which is still one of my faves. Um and I'd also like to see Pacino back in the mix. Uh, Pacino's I, 89 years old. Now. There, I think there's always been a little bit of a, um, I liked him before he was cool kind of thing, where I was really, I like, I loved Memento and Insomnia and went back to following his first movie. And that was before he got the Batman Begins gig. So it was kind of like, when that was the pick, it was like, oh, I'm rooting for him. Like, that was cool. And then at a certain point, I feel like, I don't know, the cult around him kind of got a little nauseating for me, which is where I started to go like, you know what? You guys can have you him. You guys have him. I you film bros him. on Twitter, you guys can have him. That's that's fine. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are going to well, see Sorry, both. we did watch the Barbie trailer and somehow we still got sidetracked <laughs> side back I, to I'm, talking about Oppenheimer. I do want but, okay, to watch what, the Barbie movie. I, I am excited, but I think I'm gonna, more excited to go watch Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie play with each other. I said what I said. I didn't mean to say the way I said I it. I think it sounds fine. But I'm was totally Ryan right. Gosling and Margot Robbie go play with each other so, than I am anything else. Right. Do you have any awareness of the writer-director team on this Zero. or anything? Okay. So it's co-written... By Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, 
do those names mean anything to you? Nope. Okay, Greta Gerwig, uh, actress for quite a while. You may have seen her in a few things, but she transitioned into directing fairly recently. But she did Lady Bird. Did you see Lady Bird? I don't believe so. Pretty great movie. I think you uh, you posted about it. And I thought streaming about on Amazon it. Prime, yeah. I believe, at the moment. I think it's. I think it was maybe co-produced by Amazon, so maybe it's always on there. But anyways, Lady Bird, great like coming of age story. Uh, you should definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. Oh. It's also like the for like the indie world, it's a little like oh, all these people are about to pop movie because it has early Timothy Chalamet, early Lucas Hedges, and. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, who had been and had already been Oscar nominated multiple times, but um, that was big for her as well. But she did Lady Bird and she did Little Women, the the most recent remake of it, the one with Florence Pugh and Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson and who else was in there? I don't know. I would tell you, but I don't know. Uh, great movie. You should. I mean, I know. I know that probably sounds like a nightmare for you, but. Uh, Anyways, she's great. Noah Baumbach, uh, what would you know? Did you ever see Squid and the Whale? Nope. No, no, come on, no. Uh, Marriage Story? Nope. Uh, okay. Uh, did you see, what was his most recent one? Oh my gosh, why is it escaping me? Is Adam Driver? It was last year. Why? Oh my god! What sixty-nine billion? No, sixty-five. That was this year. This is crazy. White Noise on Netflix. No. Didn't see no, it. No, but I did. That's the only one out of three uh, that the, I knew. The Meyerowitz Chronicles with yes, Stiller and Sandler. I did see that. Did you like that? Yeah, it was good. Okay, that's a Baumbach movie. I'm just I'm grasping at straws here. Like yeah, no, I, I did see that. I don't remember where I watched it at home with mom and dad. I think, yeah. but. Um, that one was pretty good. I it, was, but, it wasn't bad. It was yeah. not my cup of tea as far as like movies that I'd be like, I can't wait to go see one of those. You watched it for Sandler, and maybe it was a different tone than you were expecting, given his usual. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still liked it, okay? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Um, I like him quite a bit. Uh, not like my favorite dude ever, but he's worked with Wes Anderson a couple times. He co-wrote Life Aquatic uh, with Steve Zissou, uh, which I quite enjoy. And. Uh, yeah, okay. You need to wrap things up. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I got about 10 minutes left. You can just say these things out loud. It's okay. okay. I'm not editing any of this. He legit did not know what Christopher Nolan directed. Oh, no, yeah. He had I mean, I knew the name. As soon as I as soon as soon I started, but you know that those movies all go together. As soon as I started telling you. Dude, like, without a doubt. You, that's what I was going to say. The essence of the movie, the aura of the movie, if that makes sense, they all go together. You can tell. You can tell. You can, you can this tell. one guy. And now, if you showed me a movie and you didn't tell a, me, I'd be like, oh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, one more guy here, okay? We're going to squeeze this in. So... We got two thumbs up on both of them, but you're leaning more towards Oppenheimer. Okay, this one is further into the year, but probably, you know, might, might be a big awards contender. I don't know your awareness of this one. Uh, I saved it for last for a reason. Ooh, press play on that, sir. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Look at the screen. Big Leo fans. 
Martin Scorsese. So first time seeing that, <clears throat> first time hearing about it, I can tell you without a doubt, my good buddy Noah Blanchard is absolutely excited for that movie. Um, that was probably one of the more intriguing trailers that I've seen in some time between... So that just topped the Oppenheimer trailer, I take it, well, just from your general reaction. I think you know why I'm excited for that movie? I'm a big Leo fan. And then you've got um, Robert De Niro. Uh, I love both of them, to be honest with you. And I know, and then Martin Scorsese is directing the movie. So, well, you were just talking about, oh, do people, you know, do directors like to work with the same people? And, and so Scorsese like, and well, yeah, uh, De, Niro, uh, De Niro, yeah. Well, it's his two boys right there, yeah. Scorsese and DiCaprio, and we finally got him. Or I said De Niro, I meant DiCaprio. Well, they're both his boys. De Niro was for one era. DiCaprio's been for a different so one. So that one I feel like I'm excited about because I don't know. I don't. Am I, are we allowed to cuss on this? Absolutely. You I don't know say shit whatever you want. about that. And the fact that you have a Scorsese movie with De Niro and DiCaprio, I'm like, yeah, sign me up. You could have just told me that and I would have been like, yeah, let's go see this. I'm already excited. It's going to be good. I don't care what it's about. Now you base it on a true story, and I'm not really giving much it, beyond that. I'm not going to tell you much about the true story other than to say this is going to be a dark-ass movie, No, dude. looking at this, It is going to be... Yeah, man. I'm watching that, and I'm like, bro, this movie gives me the chills just watching the trailer. Um I don't know if you're supposed to be excited about something like that, but like I'm excited because you're going, you're going to have your emotion provoked. You can look at this, and you can tell that you are going to be emotionally provoked. You're probably going to be a little disturbed, if not a lot of bit disturbed. And at the end of the movie, you're probably going to be like, "What the fuck just happened? That was great." Um, by the way, it's three hours and twenty six minutes long. Of course it is. Why, why wouldn't it be? I uh, this is my most anticipated. Uh, oh, I have no doubt. That. I have zero doubt. No, uh, that you are most excited for this right I now. I mean, the only other one that's even in the ballpark, and we don't even have a trailer for it yet, is uh, the Zone of Interest, which is the new one from Jonathan Glazer. Uh, which, yeah, I absolutely cannot wait for either. But those and are you know, I have no idea about the movie or that director. We'll deal with that when the trailer eventually drops, and I make you watch it. But uh, yeah, Killers of Flower Moon, my most anticipated. So it's uh, it's being produced by Apple. I think it was like 
$250-300 million. I don't know. Huge budget. Uh, it's been going for a while. There was like COVID delays, etc., etc. But obviously, anytime Scorsese makes a movie, it's a big deal. But this one, even though it's produced by Apple and will eventually end up on there, like same day, they're going to do a big theatrical push for this one because obviously they're going to be trying to win some Oscars. Uh, that, if you want to talk about like getting a half chub for any of the trailers, <laughs> like that one is the most chubbiest. It's uh, it's an incredibly well put together trailer. And again, uh, you, it I love that you, you said, it doesn't give you too much. It gives you just enough. Yeah. Well, I love that you said you had virtually no awareness, which I think is the case for most of the general population because the trailer has you only said it, not me. <laughs> because the trailer has only really been online and in the film circles and stuff like I don't I don't know what movies it would have played before at this point. Also with it being an Apple release and not coming out till later in the year, I think maybe now in the summer you'll start to see it in some theaters. Like if, if you had like, to ask me to go watch one of those right now, you're like, yo, we can go watch one right now, we have to wait for the others. I would go watch that. Oh one hundred percent. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's and it won't be until the fall. It will be in true like award season. Uh, but we get so. Oppenheimer and Barbie uh, as nice little summer treats. And I again, I love that those are complete opposite ends. Of the I, spectrum I think, and that they can coexist if, on if the I'm same being weekend. With you, and we're gonna go see both. No, be watching Oppenheimer <clears throat> and Barbie. You and were smiling. Seen, Almost the entirety of the Barbie trailer. Because it's going to be so stupid, it's going to be fun, dude. I don't know. I don't. It might not be stupid, but it just looks like. It's I just think be... tonally, it is striking. Like, what I get from that trailer is like the perfect balance of what it needs to be. Where it's like just subversive enough and smart enough that people who are going into it with their arms crossed, where it's just like, all right, this is going to be dumb, are going to be like, oh, okay, okay. And people who love this shit and are, like, coming for the Barbie of it all are not going to be offended. They're going to be, like, into it because it's having fun with something that they Dude. that they love or take really seriously for some reason. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this bold statement out there. This is, well, I guess it's not bold because it's personal, but I still think if we, I don't know, if we surveyed people, the best summer movie this summer that I've seen Guardians three, haven't seen it yet. Can't 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 dispute it. I think um, that that's gonna take. Give me something that you've seen that you're like, hey, that'd be my one or two for the summer or for yeah. the year. For the summer, for the summer. I mean, I haven't seen anything to be honest with you, man. My last, I mean, give me your last good one. What did we see last together? Oh, we we saw Fast Ten. No. Like, listen, Momoa crushes Fast Ten. Yes, technically, that was kind of supposed to be the first big summer release and it was if without Momoa that the, movie is going to fall whatever. flat uh, yeah no recently dude you know so I went oh I saw the boogeyman which was fine it was good it was fine oh yeah I forgot you guys went saw that it was uh, it was an enjoyable time at the movies I forgot it like the second it was over it was one of those um, and I was a little let down by the fact I mean spoilers you don't really see, you see a bit of it in the trailer but the the thing the boogeyman is kind of it's a it's a CGI thing at the end of the That's day, which usually kind of bums me out in horror movies unless it's extremely so, well done. You know what's uh, gonna be you know so it's a little bit of a letdown. For I, me, I, I do want to interrupt and tell you this because this might blow your mind because you and I have these like top movies of all time conversation. Yeah. Somebody asked me yesterday. We're sitting there. We're chatting, walking, talking, 
and I'm trying to figure out like because you know I, I think the best movie favorite movie of all time it's it's so subjective to how you're feeling in the moment like for sure to say I have a definitive top three is ludicrous but I, I gave I gave a top three you're gonna hate my top three I love that this is what you want to go out on so I like I do want to go out on this because so the third really one commentate the, on the, it. Let me say one thing before you say this. <clears throat> My only recent one that I will recommend because it's now available to rent on VOD and it's fantastic is the Blackberry. Okay. The Blackberry movie is very, very good. Okay. It's I'll my second it. favorite of the year at this I'll point. I wouldn't call it a summer movie, uh, but that's my that's my favorite recent thing so I've seen. Okay, I, your I top three. I ended, up, I ended up. I'm I'm saying this so people can have a nice laugh and be like, "Who the fuck do you have on your your podcast?" So first two. Be ready to be judged. I said The Sandlot, okay. and I said Gladiator. Okay. Great movies. Are they my top three? I don't fucking know, dude. You get put on the spot. And again, you say this things. person asked you your favorite or yeah. what you thought was the best. Well, favorite. I, I my favorite. Think, I my always favorite. think that that's my a favorite. distinction. Yes. Yeah, my favorite. Okay. And then I put a third one in here, which is probably the only one when, when I woke up this morning, when I rethought about it, that actually stuck where I'm like... That actually might be one of my top three movies. Avatar 2. Okay. Dude. <laughs> okay. Dude, I, I like, All right. we had a fucking blast when we went. We had a blast. The movie was great. I was fully anticipating to not be as juiced after that one as I was number one. And I was. And you know how sad I, spoiler alert, you know how sad I was after homie dies in the movie. His, his son dies and I, it, it messed me up for a couple of days. I called Noah. I was like, dude, I'm still messed up. <laughs> How do you provoke emotion like that from a CGI movie? I don't know, man, but I that movie was awesome. Yeah. Uh, newly on HBO Max and Disney Plus if you want to rewatch it, bud. Yeah, and we almost went back and rewatched it. We almost went back and rewatched it. And you know I don't go back and rewatch movies. I kind of do regret not going a second time to have the experience. But I also know when uh, when 3 is inevitably dropping, they will re-release 2, and I, yeah. I probably will go back again for that experience. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you. That's uh. Oh, I know that's you don't bold... like him. What? My top three, and or maybe Avatar I'm... staying on the top. Well, three. they're your favorites. That's all that matters. Yeah, I appreciate it's, you it's appreciating me. True to you. I'm that's that's cool that a movie that's that's that recent can can make it up there for you. I think that's totally awesome. Okay, uh, that's been uh, Brendan's thoughts on three of the biggest trailers of the year. Uh, we're excited about all of them for very different reasons. And uh, we'll let you know what we think when we finally get to them. No, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. Uh, thanks for being on it, bud. Uh, next time, you will either be on our Fallout episode or you and I will just do a Mission Impossible episode where you throw down all your thoughts. I went on back the and franchise. watched them all for you. Uh, well, then we got to do something with that. And so. then by for you, I mean like I watched one and I was like, man, screw it. I'm watching I, all I'm of them. Do this. <laughs> just, that's how it happens. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, for the movie, oh, it's not the movie art, the Arc of E podcast. Arc of E podcast. Uh, for, I've thanks been everybody Noah. out there in TV land. Appreciate your time. Yes. Thanks for listening. Yes. Uh, until next time. Thank you.